Now, uh, if you follow us on Facebook, uh, and many of you do, uh, I put out a little not a poll, but just a question earlier this week. little teaser. And um, got some really good responses from it. So the question I asked was, who or what got you into cricket? So I'm going to chuck that at you first, Mr Webb, and ask, how did you get into cricket? Do you know, probably, well, I mean, I've grown up around cricket clubs all my life. So the easy answer is to say my dad, because I used to just follow him and... And watch him play every Saturday, every Sunday, and yeah, you know, just got involved that way. Um, but I, don't, I, I, I guess the first time I really kind of played or got in, got into cricket outside of the formalities of a of a game or a club was just um, lad who used to live a couple of doors away from me. We just used to play on his front drive, and well, right. Uh, he knew a lot more about cricket than I did at that point, so he would say, "Right," and he was also a better cricketer than I was at that point. So you know, we'd both pick our teams, and with hindsight, you know, he'd be picking, I don't know, Gavaskar and Border and you know, the the absolute greats of the of the game at the time, and I'd be just like, "Oh, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I don't know who I am really." <laughs> um, but we just used to have hours and hours of fun, just kind of playing up against the garage door. Yeah. Um, Making all sorts of noise every time he bowled me because the, <laughs> the ball would clatter into his garage door. Um, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, two ways really, I suppose. The you know the formal way and then the yeah. the fun way. How about you? Yeah, I think with me it's a similar thing that you know, my dad, God rest his soul, was uh, was West Indian. My earliest memories of of cricket, being aware of cricket was probably in 1976, from that famous West Indies tour of England, the grovelling tour. Yeah. But my memory of that was being in the living room, it was obviously it was that, the hot summer, and we had the curtains closed, not because we were trying to keep the sun out, but because we didn't want the sun shining on the TV. <laughs> but there was a little gap in the curtain, so a bit of light came through, and my dad would be lying on the floor, sort of resting on an elbow, ashtray in front of him, and a can of drink... <laughs> as well and uh, I used to be, sat, I used to be sort of sat there next to him and mesmerised by the cigarette smoke kind of wafting up into the air and playing with the light and all that you know like you used to get in cinema you used to smoke in yeah, cinemas yeah. Um, and watching this cricket and kind of because he was always watching cricket whenever he was on but and do you know what I had the, the pleasure of telling this to his face um, last week the one Innings. I mean, there was that. I can't really remember much about 70. I can remember watching it, but nothing really stuck in my mind. The first time something stuck in my mind was watching David Gower at Edgbaston in 1979 when he got a double ton against India and being really, you know, 200. And the way that he did it, you know, that classic Gower laconic style, just making it look so easy, you know. Yeah. Um, timing and not making a big deal out of it and uh, and against I mean India then as now were a pretty prolific side I mean it was the days of Gavaskar and uh, Bish and Betty and all the rest of it yeah. so they weren't slouches although when I, <laughs> I said to David that you know that was a, that was really one of the things that got me into it and he was saying yeah he said um, uh, and actually this interview is on um, the podcast there's the chat I'm with him last week but when, he had, when we had it on properly uh, when I was embarrassing him about 1989 and all that, and what it's like when it's really horrible to be an England captain. Um, but I mentioned that 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 innings, and he said yeah, it was a fairly flat track and it was very batter friendly. 
And it's typical him, very depreciating, yeah. self-depreciating. But he still ended it up with a sort of a nod and a wing and said, you still got to get them, though. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the thing that got me. And then obviously there was 81. Well, 80, I first went and went to my first test match at the Oval, England versus West Indies, which was like a home, a home game for the West Indies in those yeah, days. yeah when Brixton was, had a huge West Indian community. Um, and then, of course, 81, and then the rest was history from that. So we've put this question out to um, our followers and listeners, and uh, we've had a few people respond. So let's just have a look. Nigel Jones. Good evening, Nigel. He said, watching Headingley 81 on Grandstand, I was mesmerised by it. I mean, it was, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was a, well. It, it was it was a it was a fairly depressing test match, wasn't it? Until well, until that point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the whole series sort of spun on its axis, didn't it? JJ Hassan. Um, now here's one, a man of my own heart. Watching Gower at school, then my first test live in 1975 at Lords, aged 13. So we can work out how old he is now. <laughs> Yeah, big birthday coming up, JJ. Uh, with Lily and Thompson bowling for Australia. Yeah, I, so it's just slightly before my time, Lily and Thompson. I remember Lily bowling in 1980. Because I think by 81, they, they packed up. Yeah. But yeah. there was a centenary test match, I think, in 1980. Um, and I think that was sort of the tail end, of the, in fact, the, probably the fag end of... Dennis Lilly's career and he sort of jubbed up a bit and he had that headband and yeah but not like the sort of Terry you see the old YouTube videos of him in the sort of mid 70s you know, shirt open to the waist oh well, my dad's got a photo of himself and Tomo at home oh. and oh, it's iconic in the in the sense of their their fashion senses at the time <laughs> fantastic photo yeah and Tomo had that that action didn't he that real slingy yeah um it wasn't a sort of uh, an orthodox bowling action by any stretch of the means. He had that kind of his, his, his arm was behind him all the way and then sort of wrenched over. He must have how he didn't dislocate his shoulder every time bowling like that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, um, Nick Bastian. I can relate to this. I think Nick Bastian yeah. said watching Gucci against India in 1990. Was that the three three three? That was the three three three. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Yeah, with the famous SS Jumbo bat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can remember that. Um, yeah, quite incredible. I think I was there on day one of that test because he got the, I think he got the the triple century on the on the Friday. I think, if my memory's right, or was it on the Saturday? It's good going if he got three hundred in yeah, two days. Yeah, it would have been Saturday probably. We were there on the on day one, um, and uh, yeah, as it was in those days, I was a very young man and very. Don't do this at home, kids. Don't go to cricket and just spend all day drinking. And you don't remember what's going on. <laughs> but uh, I remember sort of uh, after the game and the day's play had finished, we went into St John's Wood Tube and were wending our way home. And my friend Mickey Wheeler, I will name and shame you on air, Mickey Wheeler, um, thought it would be a high moment of comedy to not bother with the escalators and just go down the middle bit, the shiny, <laughs> stainless, highly polished stainless steel divide between the up and the down escalators, which was all well and good, but he did get up quite a big lick of pace. He's a big lad, his old Mickey. Uh, and um, at the bottom, where it's the police stand on the left side that's in the middle, he hit that at a rate of knots I've never seen in my life. <laughs> And then promptly went off the end, not like one of those elegant slalom jumps, but just... Like a rag doll. Yeah, it was. It was. 
And it wasn't until we were on the tube that he sort of realised, oh, I've got a bit of a pain. Uh, and um, he sort of lifted up his coat that he had on, and uh, he had two beautiful, beautifully straight tears in his trousers, which were both dripping with blood. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I doubt he did that again. Well, I think he might have changed the course of the London Underground, because these days you have little things all the way all up the way and down. down. Yeah, yeah. Back in those days, no, no, no. Uh, you go down uh, all the way. Anyway, I'm digressing. Hannah Kirby. Now, we mentioned Menorca earlier on in we the did. show, didn't we? Yeah. Hannah says, My kids played first on holiday in Menorca at about seven years old, and they loved it so much they insisted on joining our local club, Shenfield, uh, just down the road from this studio. Indeed. And yeah. they are still playing 10 years later. So there you go. You mentioned about Menorca. Yep, yep. Excellent work. Yeah. Laura May Poulton. Just copied everything my big brother Lee did. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Whatever, whatever gets you into it. Well, there is a bit of a cricketing dynasty going on there. So um, her brother, Lee Knight, has been a stalwart of Billericke's batting for a good few years now. And her husband, Ross Poulton, is the current Bitteriki captain. Ah, there you go. So that's one. I think uh, Laura May was pretty decent herself uh, back in the day. I'm pretty sure she played for Essex. But uh, is, is a uh, devoted wife and a mother these days. Um, but there you go. So uh, Declan McDermott says, this is a good one, Ronnie Irani in the Essex summer of 2003. And that's coming from an Irishman, he says. Ronnie, back in the, back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, with the greatest respect to Ronnie, I wonder what was so special about Ronnie in 2003. Wouldn't have been his haircut. <laughs> <laughs> but why Ronnie, though? Why Ronnie? Why not? Was that, was Napes, Napes have been playing 2003? Oh, uh, you know, no. Like, are you a bit early for Napes? Possibly. 2003 would have been the Pritchard era and... We'll have to find out. Let's we'll have, have to find out. Oh, yeah, go on. You, you do that. We'll I'll have read. a little look at the Essex Cricket squad from 2003. See what I can find. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll Google, what did Ronnie Irani do in 2003? I'll tell you what. I'll play a bit of music, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll, after the music, we'll, uh, we'll find out what was what. This is Phoenix 98 FM. 98. So just before that, we were pondering... Um, Declan McDermott from Ireland said that his, how he, or we've asked the question, uh, who or what got you into cricket? And Declan McDermott told us that Ronnie Irani in the Essex summer of 2003 got him into cricket. So we kind of thought, well, okay, what was, what was all that about? Now you've, uh, you've done a bit of delving while the music was playing. Yes, so Ronnie was captain that year, mm. um, which is presumably why Dermot, um, was attracted to Ronnie so much, um. I have to say, it was a random, <laughs> random side for Essex in 2003. <laughs> some notable names in there, though, weren't there? There were some, yeah. I mean, obviously, James Foster was behind the sticks. Um, Graham Napier was, in fact, there or thereabouts. Um, I don't know whether he was at the start of his career. I don't think he would have been far into it. Andy Flower was obviously there, playing a, a key role. Yeah. Um, Ravi was there just at the start wow. of his career. Um, and a Dutch South African? A certain, a certain Ryan Tenderskater had just uh, made his way across. Do, do, do. Yeah. Ryan Tenderskater. <laughs> do, do, do. Never caught on that, did it? No. I used I to mean, stand there singing that on my own. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I mean, just looking at a few scorecards, Ravi was batting one, two, three, oh, four, five, Ravi six, seven. Bapara. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a few names that we couldn't remember. Scott Brandt, obviously a bowler. I I've a bowler got a feeling he was an overseas. See. Got a feeling he was no. Might even have been a South African. You know, Aussie. You're right. Ah, right. There he you go. Was Aussie, although Aussie born in Zimbabwe. I'm right. Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, and then other other more notable names like uh, Darren Robinson, Will Jefferson, Paul Grayson, um, Jonathan Dakin, James Middlebrook. So yeah. Mm. Mm. But it is, I mean, you can pluck out, I'll tell you what, you pluck out any team from the last, let's say, 50 years. I mean, Essex have consistently brought talent through. Yeah. You, you pick any year, and I bet there's at least two or three names that you think, oh, okay, yeah. You know, whether it's the Gooches, the Fletchers going that further back, through the Nassas, through the Napes, the Fozzies, the well, Ravies. Nasser indeed did play in 2003. Probably not a lot because he was busy on England duty. He would have been, yeah. Got a game here. This is all by the power of ESPN Crick Info, those <laughs> that are wondering. Uh, Essex against Leicestershire, very early season. Certain John Stevenson. Oh, what happened to him? Knocking a quick 50 <laughs> at nine. I say quick 50, 71 balls. <laughs> yeah. 